Hello, and welcome to the debut episode of The Rewilding Life, hosted by me, Ashley Stanley. The premise of The Rewilding Life centers around reconnection with authentic self and developing a deeper sense of empowerment and personal autonomy through personal practice. The list of potential topics we will be discussing is... (laughs) immense and i i'm reading a script and i know it sounds stilted just work with me here (laughs) Uh, ranging anywhere from sabbat celebrations and mythology to past lives and ancestral healing to stories of paranormal experiences and so much more if any of these topics pique your interest please return next week we will have a new episode drop every thursday and we would love to have you we being me, actually. Um, if you hear any background noise, I have a dog and he likes to cause problems. Actually, no, he's perfect. He's perfect, but he gets really excited when I'm on the phone and I'm using Anchor as my recording platform. So it looks like I'm talking on the phone and he always has to find his squeak toys whenever I'm talking to anybody. <laughs> on the phone he is such a child (laughs) so you might hear him um also i've taken notes obviously i was trying to go the scripted route but it's clearly not going to work because it just doesn't sound right um but i will refer to this packet of notes um for my topics what we're going to discuss although i kind of think maybe i'm not going to use it at all i don't know i'll flip through it and see we'll see We'll see. Please excuse my voice quality. Autumn, or like the beginning of autumn in New England, is rough for me. I have terrible allergies and I'm like congested. (laughs) Although this was actually, this is a good day for me because I was supposed to start recording three days ago and my voice was just, it was, it was awful. It was awful. I wasn't going to do that to you because I was clearing my voice every like couple minutes. It was terrible. <laughs> um, on that note, let me introduce myself. I, like I said, my name is Ashley. I'm not a formally trained magic practitioner, um, but I do have several years of experience in eclectic practice, um, including spirit work and divination and a couple energy healing modalities. Um, and just a fun little factoid, I am ordained, but I got distracted. (laughs) As you could probably tell, it's not hard to do. (laughs) So I sat down to watch a movie instead, and Charlie Kaufman's new film, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, caught my attention. I heard it was weird. I actually, I loved it. It was so good. In a very unsettling kind of way. Like, I I hadn't realized that it was a thriller until after I finished the movie. And there was, oh, this makes sense. Okay. Um, About ten minutes into the film or so, um, the male lead asks his companion if she's familiar with the poem from Wordsworth called Ode to the Intimations of Immortality from Recollections of Early Childhood. And this sparked my interest. I don't recall reading this in school, so I had to go check it out. And I was like, oh, well, this kind of goes hand in hand with what 
the rewilding philosophy is to me anyway um the poem expresses the grief associated with losing the sense of oneness and wonder in the world from the perspective of a child um and it goes on to explain that as we age, we lose the fearless drive for exploration in exchange for experiences meant to imitate fulfillment through the lens of social um, practicality. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what I got from it. And it got me wondering, like, what did I want to be when I grew up? I mean, do you remember what you wanted to be when you grew up? I knew specifically that I either wanted to be an artist or I wanted to work with animals. And as strange as it seems, I'm kind of doing both. I don't know. It's weird. Definitely not my day job. <laughs> but at least I've incorporated that into my life. And it was interesting to consider, in general, children seem to be a lot more open to the world around them and able to interact with things that adults can't or don't have access to. And the poem kind of expressed the sense of children being closest to immortality due to their proximity just past the veil separating the spirit world from the physical. It wouldn't be unreasonable to suggest that the closest blueprint of our life purpose lies within the dreams of our childhood selves. To reach deep into the notion, however, requires a degree of deprogramming. Reevaluating what we believe to be possible and what we stand for. This is the very first step I took into my rewilding process. Before we go much further, this is... A podcast that is drenched in spiritual practice. This may or may not be a theme that interests you, and that's okay. That's okay. It is not, however, related to religion. With that being said, the topic of good and evil will probably come up with listener interaction. I, I'm anticipating this just from the start. Um, because it's it's such a common theme, we've been ingrained to see things as either light or dark. There is no gradient in a lot of what we're taught as children, right? I just wanted to point out that I'm not a love and light practitioner. I sit very comfortably in the cradle of my duality, and I don't find bypassing to be a benefit to anybody. I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting. Plenty of people will disagree with me on this, and that's fine. I mean, if you aren't familiar with the term bypassing, it usually um, describes techniques designed to sidestep emotional or psychological wounds. Um, you typically see this in avoidance and hyper-positivity. Um, I'm sure we've all <laughs> noticed different, um, forms of bypassing. And hadn't really been sure exactly what it was called. The concept of duality might be uncomfortable for some people, um, because there's an innate sense of 
shadow work that goes into the concept of duality, or at least in my perspective, you might have a different relationship with the word and that's, that's cool. I'm not trying to <laughs> force my views onto you. This is strictly from my perspective. Um, and I don't know, I think I found so much strength and stability within my duality in no small part due to working through and overcoming so many significant traumas um, from previous experience, primarily childhood experience. Um, that is, I'm not special in that so many people have traumatic childhood experiences. Um, I'm not, I'm not minimalizing anything. <laughs> Like, it's all significant. It all, it all makes us who we are. Um, and the difference I found for me personally is the ability to, the difference between being uncomfortable with my duality and learning to see it as a strength had been in the integration process of working through, um, the traumas and... I don't know, learning to understand them, I guess. Once you understand your beasts, your demons, they really aren't as scary as they seem. At least in my perspective. <laughs> and I really wish that I had a better word to assign to the process besides shadow work, but for, I mean, that's, that's the best word that I have at the moment. I will figure something else out at some point, maybe. Um, but yeah, shadow work was kind of my introduction into the world of personal power, establishing personal power and autonomy. And uh, I thought I would share that story with you. So like so many other people, my childhood wasn't easy. There was probably a handful of years that were rather difficult. And uh, that kind of set the stage for the next 20 or so. Um, so needless to say, I did have some anxiety issues and panic attacks and OCD tendencies. Things were rough for a while. Um, I did. I did have help. Therapy and medication really made a huge difference um, up until the point that it was clear that my younger sibling needed more help than I did. Um, so they took priority, as it should be, right? Um, so yeah, I learned fairly early on to dissociate and to not make it easily known, to mask my symptoms, pretty much. I mean, it took a while, but eventually I was able to shut it down and dissociate, which is not helpful for anybody. I don't, I don't recommend it. Please talk to somebody. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing, but that's just my morphed sense of humor. I laugh. I, I used to laugh when I was uncomfortable or in pain instead of expressing quote unquote negative emotion, which, um, I mean... There's a group of people 
out here in the world that had been indoctrinated in a sense of um, negative emotion or any type of emotion really wasn't or isn't meant to be expressed, that nobody cares, right? I mean, we see this with generational exchange, exchange between generational groups all the time. Quote unquote, being too soft, there's no such thing. Um, I thought it was interesting, you know, I, now my perspective is distanced a little, like I see the broader picture. I was, I'm not in it anymore. So I can see the familial trauma that's been going down the line for generations, just being passed on from parent to child, parent to child, parent to child, all the way down the line for who knows how far back, like really. But at some point that needs, that needs to stop. Those patterns and behaviors need to not be perpetuated anymore, which I'm beginning to notice. Well, we all are, I'm sure to some degree beginning, beginning to notice that shift from hyper authority to tolerance, um, which is interesting because 2020 has really put the spotlight on this dynamic tremendously. And I find it interesting. Maybe it's not interesting. I, I Synchronicities always catch me off guard and I'm like, oh, that's cool. That worked. But it's, it's the design. Um, 2020 is an emperor year, which means that the emperor card in the major arcana um, primarily being authoritarian, <laughs> authoritarian, um, and order, right? Those are just a couple, there's a wider, a wider scope on the emperor card, but we're really seeing these patterns this year in people challenging their relationship with authority and order, which I find incredibly fascinating. Um, and then next year will be the Hierophant year, which typically in the Rider Waite series, you see the Hierophant as a teacher. Um, but my personal relationship with this card involves discernment. Your ability to not be influenced by outward resources and being able to tap into your own personal knowing to guide your path and what you see fit and right and just. So that's next year. As you can probably tell, it's going to be one hell of a year. I'm anticipating <laughs> great upheaval even more so than this year. Um, which was interesting because last, last winter I could feel something coming and I wasn't sure what it was. Um, let's see. It was, oh, it was a year ago. A year ago in September, I crashed my car and it was, I totaled it. I totaled it and somehow, I don't know, that like, I don't know what happened, but it, triggered something that sent like this existential crisis off inside me. <laughs> I was, I, I don't know. I started 
to have issues with occupancy, like, which, disassociation, that's, that's what that is. Whenever you think of occupancy, you're not in your body, you're disassociating. Um, so, like, I knew that I needed to work on getting back to my occupancy, my state of occupancy, to be able to be present in the moment, to figure out what was going on. Um, luckily I'm apprenticing with this group of amazing people. Um, they practice this healing modality called presence and healing. The presence and healing technique looks at the body as a way to become more aware of physical, mental, emotional, energetic, and spiritual well-being. Um, so I knew something was off, but I couldn't quite pinpoint what. And the thought that kept going through my head was, you know, I'm not going to make it much farther past my 30th year being the year that I'm currently in. Like, I I was sure that 2020 was going to be the end for me. And now that I'm in 2020 and I'm seeing all this stuff, I'm like, there's, there's a really weird shift for me personally that, like, one version of myself was stripped away. A different version of me came forward. And it's just interesting to see <laughs> to see that that series of events. It's just bizarre. I don't know. I don't know. I was also very much aware of the fact that a war was coming, but I didn't know how I was meant to um, be present in support. And talking about prophetic, <laughs> there was there was one more instance. God, all of last year was very prophetic for me. Late December, mid-December actually, because it was right before Grace Weekend with the Presence and Healing team. We, we do a, a, a retreat every year in December. Um, and it was probably two weeks before that retreat where I had been getting stuff together to go to work and all of a sudden it was like I was back home in my childhood home that I haven't seen for like over 20 years. I was standing at the front porch, at the front door really, looking down onto the front porch because the front door was on a stoop and my old Fisher Price picnic table and the, the blue and yellow ones. I'm sure somebody, somebody knows what I'm talking about that I would always use, um, to do my finger paints. I would be out on the front porch eating hot dogs and finger painting. <laughs> I mean, that's like a very distinct childhood memory for me <laughs> with the cat sitting and watching me paint. Um, but I digress anyway. So the vision that I had was me standing on the front stoop, looking down onto the porch that had the Fisher-Price picnic table, and then two figures were standing a little farther back. And for some, like, I, I remember knowing they were like humanoid, sorry, Leah, I know you hate that word, humanoid, <laughs> but they didn't really have features, if that makes sense. They were very androgynous, 
Um, but I, I recognized them by name somehow. I don't know. Um, and it was Raphael and Gabriel. And I mean, let me, let me just stop there and say that I've never really actively decided to seek out angel communication. It's always just happened for me. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I'm just so open. I don't know. I don't know. I very recently just realized that I'm hardly ever closed off to any experience. <laughs> like, I'm very wide open for spirit communication and whatever. Like, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. I can't tell you how many times I go to text a friend and they're like, I was literally just texting you. <laughs> but anyway, back to my story. Um, so, yeah, this was mid-December last year. And Gabriel had said something to the effect of um, everything that you know is about to completely be turned on its head. And persistence and patience are going to be detrimental. Whew, that feels a lot heavier now that we're in it, huh? And, um, yeah, I've, I've worked with Raphael before. He was kind of like <laughs> the, at the forefront of my healing process when, when I decided that all of my trauma needed to be integrated and I needed to learn from it. Um, so I was familiar with him. In the green light, I've seen it quite often, actually. Um, in a lot of my sessions that I have for clients, particularly, he's kind of always there. Um, yeah, so after, after Gabriel's message, Raphael encased me in green, emerald green light. I was like, okay, this is interesting. What is coming? <laughs> what is coming? <laughs> oh, gosh. What a wild ride. So, yeah. It's weird. And then, right after my birthday, late February, we start hearing about Corona. It's definitely an interesting chain of events. And I'm not saying I'm a prophet, but it is interesting. <laughs> Let's see. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I, we're on angels. I might as well stay there for a second. So my very first interaction with Raphael had been during my very first experience with Grace Weekend um, and my teachers with Presence and Healing. Um, I've always had this pain from just underneath my skull on my right side down to about mid-shoulder blade, which typically for people who identify as female, the left side typically 
left side is seen as feminine expression or self right side is typically seen as a masculine expression or relationship to other so the fact that i had right side pain typically would mean that um neck being support that i wasn't feeling supported um externally and um so that was that was always always um a trigger point for me i might even call it a karma point or a karmic spot in my existence we will talk about that at some point i don't i don't know when <laughs> there's just so much to talk about um anyway but let's see i i never i haven't really worked out the relationship I had my right hand above my head during this particular exercise. I was laying on the floor <laughs> because whenever I'm doing um, any type of body work, I, I'm able to move and be more mobile while lying on the floor or on a massage table. But for this particular event, most of us were on the floor. And at some point, I remember being encased in green light and then all of a sudden I was holding green flames I was like oh god I see you <laughs> I see you Raphael uh, it was an interesting experience my very first angel experience definitely interesting and it's it's strange because I'm not I don't identify as Christian, not anymore. I don't really hold a religion, although I respect, I respect people who do, um, though the divisiveness we can do without. <laughs> I am very much a spiritual practitioner. Um, I found that outlet specifically in a shamanic journey work workshop about three and a half almost three years ago yeah it was three years ago and that that single experience had changed like the entire trajectory of my life um i had always been sensitive to things which i think is probably why um, my childhood trauma was so significant because I, I had to read the energy in a room, you know, you have to read the energy in a room if you're going to, um, survive any particular distressing situation, I suppose. Yeah. So, being able to, um, tap into that sensitivity a little bit more and be able to direct it and learn how to use it appropriately um, was a complete game changer for me. The very first journey that I remember going on um, brought me face to face with my maternal, my mom's mom's mom. <laughs> 
So my maternal grandmother's mother, my great great grandma. And uh, I remember thinking, this is awesome because we were like at her house and where the old willow tree used to be, there was an oak instead. And I remember switching out the oak for a willow so that it matched her property perfectly because I had so many good memories, like just chilling out under that willow tree. <laughs> I mean, any any 90s baby will be like, Mother Willow. Yeah, but for whatever reason, the vibe just wasn't right and that oak needed to be front and center. And ever since then, the oak has been a very prominent energy in my life. Very, very prominent. As you can probably see from the thumbnail, the, the acorn um, is a symbol of knowledge and enlightenment. Um... Let's see. Yeah, so my great-great-grandmother, she hadn't said a word to me. And I remember asking, you know, are, are you the one that I'm meant to be meeting here? And she just smiled and started walking into the field. And then the next moment I know, we're in this huge orchard and all of the trees are completely bare. And there's a mountain range in the back, which is weird because Missouri doesn't have mountain ranges. <laughs> like even our, even our big hills don't look like mountains. Um, and that's where her house had been in rural Missouri, but out in the country, surrounded by prairies and hay fields. Um, anyway, so the orchard was completely bare. And I remember thinking, you know, how cool would it be if all of these trees just came back to life? And from the very distant peaks of the mountains, way out in the distance, rushing forward towards me, all of these trees just started sprouting leaves and apples. It's like, this is amazing. And at that moment, all of my previous anxiety and panic disorders and dis-ease just completely melted away. I was like, this is what I've been looking for. Like this, this sense of being able to tap into my own personal knowing on a deeper level is exactly what I needed. And it's funny because I hadn't even been looking for a shamanic journey work class <laughs> I was looking for a simple a simple simple air quote simple meditation class there's nothing simple about meditation it's all enlightenment um, <laughs> and I was I was surprised at how things lined up it was like the next week this class popped up on the local feed and I'm like I guess I'm doing this <laughs> I guess this is mine um, and ever since then, I've been practicing journey. I've been, I've kept a very, um, a very steady practice of journey and vision seeking. Um, but I should, I should say that, you know, being, uh, being of European descent, I'm too westernized to um 
be able to claim the name shaman. I wouldn't even want to. I wouldn't want to try. So more often than not, I either refer to myself as a spirit worker or um, a shamanist. The second journey in that workshop um, was related to making contact with um, spirit allies, specifically animal spirit allies. Um, this is not any way related to um, spirit animals. I don't have a spirit animal, um, but I do work with animal spirits in an alliance type of relationship. Um, the energy of the animal is what I'm working with. This comes forward in daily life for me quite a bit. Just last week, I noticed a huge shift in my relationship with spider. Not even a year ago, I probably would have squished the spider that was in my bathtub. <laughs> I know I'm awful. I used to hate them. I would get nauseous whenever it came to dealing with spiders. Um, I just, I couldn't do it. I didn't like the way they moved. No, thank you. Um, but for some reason, this most recent experience felt different. And I remember turning around and picking up a pamphlet from the counter and scooping the little dude up and bringing him out into the living room and putting the pamphlet down <laughs> on the step beside the bathroom door. And then I went back in and took my shower. And it wasn't until I got out that I was like, why, why didn't I just let it outside? <laughs> like the spider is still in my apartment. <laughs> But that's fine, because to me, my relationship with spider is such that a spider shows up to remind me that there is some aspect of resistance in my life, that I'm either scared about something or avoiding something, and that I have control over how I respond to things. I'm the weaver of my actions and my destiny, I don't need to be worried about the outcome. I have complete control. And I was like, this, this is, this is an awesome, this is an awesome development. I think I finally got it. You know, it's interesting because yesterday, just yesterday, a wasp flew into my apartment. Um, I'm allergic to wasps. I'm allergic to most things that sting. Um, but I finally, I got up the courage to go get a wine glass and capture the little bugger and then set it free outside. It's like, I would not have been able to do that <laughs> a year ago. It's, it's funny how, how things shift and how transitions, transformations occur sometimes without even knowing it, without you even noticing very very cool anyway so this is just a tidbit <laughs> of what we will be discussing if you would like to share any of your stories i would love to hear them if you don't mind me sharing them that is an option too just include it in the email um you can email me at this is all lowercase the underscore rewilding life 
at outlook.com. You can find me on Instagram at the same, the rewilding, the underscore rewilding life, and on Facebook at rewilding life. Um, there isn't a profile picture on the Facebook page currently because Facebook is just, it's being difficult. I've tried to change my profile picture and it just won't let me. So I ended up deleting it and signing out and then signing back in and then uninstalling the app and then installing it again. And it still, it doesn't like my profile picture for, for the rewilding life page. I don't know why. I do not know why. Um, Patreon will be available at some point. I'm not really sure when. I'm not quite there yet. Um, it'll probably be another week or so. Other than that, I think that's it, and I will see you next Thursday. Thank you for hanging out with me today. I really appreciate all of you. All right, see you next week. Bye.